The Texas economy has weathered the downturn better than most states. State boosters chalk that up to the relatively low barrier of entry for small businesses across the state and the health of the energy sector in places like Houston. But in Austin, Texas, a place perhaps better known for its live music than business savvy, Andy Euler reports a mantra adopted at the turn of the century is being credited with making Austin a great place to start a business. After digging around in the used LP section one recent afternoon, Lulu McAllister gets rung up at the register at Waterloo Records in downtown Austin. Um, if you want to look through, it's kind of a mix of 99 cents with uh, more recent stuff. Let's see, Average White Band, of course, which is a classic, also 99 cents. McAllister bought about 10 records, most for a buck apiece. She was in town from San Francisco. I lived here for a while and I'm back visiting my friend. I made a point to come here so I could get some records. Waterloo's been around for 30 years. Its owner John Koontz got to Austin in 1972 and started working part-time at a chain record store while in school at the University of Texas. Back in those days, record stores were all over the place. But Koontz felt an arguably oversaturated market was still missing something. A record store that was uniquely Austin that catered specifically to Austinites. I had been looking to open up my own store, so... April Fool's Day, 1982, I turned in my resignation, and coincidentally, that was the day my partner-to-be, Louis Carp, opened up Waterloo Records. He had been a competitor before at a chain store here called Sound Warehouse. And um, the more we talked, the more we realized that although we didn't have exactly the same vision, it was close enough for rock and roll. Though Kuntz is certainly a laid-back music and art lover, make no mistake about it, he's also a savvy businessman. Back in 2000, the now-defunct national chain Borders was getting ready to open a store about a block away from Waterloo, aided by tax incentives offered by the city. Kuntz and a group of other local business owners felt like, if anything, those tax incentives should be given not to chains, but to local mom and pops, eager to get into a growing Austin marketplace. So a group that called themselves the Austin Independent Business Alliance got together to see if they could capitalize on a phrase that had been showing up on bumper stickers throughout the city. Keep Austin weird. We decided to buy a bunch of bumper stickers that said keep Austin weird, support your local business and uh, have the Waterloo logo on that bumper sticker and uh, we gave away tens of thousands of those to all of our customers and uh, I think it was the the big kickstarter if you will for keep Austin weird because there there was this message of not only keep Austin weird but support your local business as a result of the campaign and the public outcry that ensued, Kuntz and the Business Alliance got their wish. The city reprioritized its tax incentive program in the downtown core of the city to favor the independent businesses. I would say in Austin, the really cool thing about it is that people support Austin businesses. Like other Austin businesses love supporting Austin businesses. People in Austin love supporting people in Austin. That's Mike Kiamanish. He's only been in Austin for a couple of months. He moved here from New York City to build his contract consulting startup, Contract Gurus. But he says his decision to move here was based on more than just a vibe. I was looking at Texas and Florida, but why I, I decided on coming to Austin to take my companies to the next level, it really comes down to a few things. Um, one, Texas is a great state you know, for businesses. It's a very pro-business state. In fact, it's considered by some to be the most business-friendly state in the country consistently offering incentives for businesses to set up shop here and hire Texans. In the last five years, the city of Austin itself has offered tax incentives to large companies like Apple, Samsung, and Facebook to build satellite campuses here. 
And like Florida, there's no state income tax here in Texas. But, you know, the, one of the main things that really sealed the deal for me with Austin has to be with UT because it's a great research campus. UT, the flagship campus of the University of Texas system, has one of the largest endowments in the country, and they've invested heavily on science and technical research, something that's certainly not lost on Kiamanish. Just being around that opportunity, so you know that if you do get something that's perhaps a little, lot more technical, that you're in close proximity, you know, you build the relationships so that when you do have that opportunity, you know, you can approach them and be like, hey, you know, I want to do this research project. It was UT that brought Rodney Gibbs to Austin in the early 1990s. After graduating and bouncing around in California, he was lured back to Austin to work for a video game company during the dot-com boom. He found himself without work after the subsequent bust. I was uh, kind of, I guess, kicked out of the boat, you know, and had to learn to swim. I kind of liked entrepreneurial stuff, but that was very modest, you know, just like starting little projects on the side. And I, I had some community groups that I had started but suddenly when I was laid off, with 300 other people were laid off, you know, some of those late-night beer talks where you start thinking, well, you know, hell, like, we could do this. Like most successful entrepreneurs, Gibbs timed it right. Right around the time of the first iPhone, Gibbs and his partner decided to expand into the mobile market with a quiz game you could play on your phone or through Facebook. They called it Crank. Gibbs says Austin was the right place to develop his new product because, well, as he puts it, the tech industry here reflects the creative strengths of the city. No longer are the programmers sitting on one side of the room and the creative types sitting on the other. Most of the time they're sitting right next to each other, sharing ideas. Or they might even be the same person. But though Gibbs admits there's something in the water in Austin, he says locating your business here still has some drawbacks. You know, for all of its attractions and, and the strengths, there's certainly some challenges and weaknesses. Gibbs says Silicon Valley is still a major competitor for talent and perhaps more importantly, for money. If you want to raise money in Austin as an entrepreneur, there are several angel investors. Those are individuals who have some money and they want to invest, uh, you know, maybe 5,000, 10, 20, 100,000. But that's, you know, that's probably a few dozen people in Austin. There are venture capital firms. These are institutional investors. But the number of those in Austin, you could probably count on two hands. But that may not be the case for long. Austin continues to grow at a record pace. According to the 2010 U.S. Census, its rate of growth ranks third in the nation. In fact, according to those same numbers, Austin has overtaken San Francisco as the 13th largest city in the U.S. But growth isn't beset for everyone. Jason Waller thought he had a pretty great idea for a mobile food truck, bacon in everything. Waller said he wanted to sell a product that people could smell from far away. And he came up with a great name, Pig Vicious. Waller figured with a little hard work, he was destined to succeed. But as it turns out, it wasn't that simple. When I started, I wasn't dumb to the fact that it's not as easy as it sounds. Everything that you do takes twice as long as you think. Even if you think, this is going to take me twice as long as I think. Well, it's, then it's going to take you twice as that long. So uh, it just sort of keeps going. But for a while, the business worked. He was at least breaking even. Then, Waller says, the market got saturated. Which makes sense. The barrier to entry for this sort of business is low. The startup cost relative to opening a brick-and-mortar restaurant is minuscule. And the cost and stress of obtaining a permit from the city is pretty negligible. Some would argue that the food trailer scene goes hand-in-hand -hand with Austin's independent weird vibe. Waller thinks that's not necessarily a good thing. We're now at that part of the, the curve where it's peaked and it sucks. I'm not saying all trailers suck. I, I hope trailers are always around, but I hope it's just the, the ones who, who came up with it that stick around. I think it will work itself out.
Waller says he wouldn't be caught dead in one of those Keep Austin Weird t-shirts. That's really the prevailing attitude among most Austinites. It's a commoditized phrase that's trademarked and owned by an ad agency. Which may get at the heart of doing business today in Austin. That palpable tension between maintaining the small-town independent feel that the people who live here have come to love, while attempting to embrace the big city aspirations that have led to the population and business boom. If you're going to slap a logo on the city, most Austinites prefer the actual motto adopted by the Chamber of Commerce, live music capital of the world. Close to a quarter million people will flood the city's Zilker Park for the annual Austin City Limits Music Festival. And if it's any indication of the growth Austinites can expect to come, next year the festival will be held over two weekends. For America Abroad, this is Andy Euler in Austin. Are you an immigrant who's tried to start a business in the United States? How did you overcome the difficulties facing you in doing so? Let us know online at AmericaAbroad.org.